1: From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm Amen He's the only shelter From the coming storm
0: If I were to rewrite that song, I would probably say, no, I would say, it's not a coming storm. It's a storm that's here now. It is breaking over America and over the Western world. The storm is upon us. This morning, as usual, I went first thing to my prayer room. And there, as I got before the Lord, began to read in the book of Mark, for that's where I am in my reading right now, and then began to pray, I had this absolute overwhelming sense of my own complete weakness. I don't think I've ever felt so keenly the absolute limitation to my own strength. That the work of the gospel, because of what we're dealing with, must be carried forward by the power and strength of Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit. I look at what's happening in America. I don't recognize this nation anymore. It has become the habitation of every vile and evil and wicked thing. It has been taken over by powers, spiritual powers that are far beyond us. We've not known who we were really dealing with. We are dealing in America directly with the devil and with his emissaries. America plays a very crucial part in end time prophecy. We are dealing with the devil. I believe that demonic spirits have totally taken over the White House and the administration, the courts, the legislative branch, people who worship and who serve the powers of darkness have taken over. I see this also in business. On every hand, Most of the land owned in America is owned by billionaires. Mr. Gates and others. And they are set on a course to starve America. And to destroy America. Now in the face of this onslaught of demonic powers... What are we to do? I want to read for you 1 John, the fourth chapter. I'll begin in verse 1. Beloved, you must not believe every spirit, but you must test the spirits to see if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and by this you know the Spirit of God. God. Every spirit who acknowledges Jesus Christ as having come in the flesh is out of God. But every spirit who does not acknowledge Jesus Christ as having come in the flesh is not out of God. In fact, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard already that he's coming. Even now he's already in the world. You are out of God, little children, and have conquered them, because greater is the one in you than the ones in the world. These men are from among the world because of this. They speak out of the world as to the source, and so the world is hearing from them. Now the problem we face is that John is speaking to a holy people, And America has become an unholy nation. And the church leads the way in that unholiness. Some time back, I was desperately sick. I didn't know if I would live or die. I was crying out to the Lord constantly. And as I cried out one morning in the early hours of that morning, about 3.30 a.m., I was praying. And it was one of those wonderful times when the Lord God of heaven spoke to me as I'm speaking with you. Now, some of you don't believe that the Lord speaks today. Don't judge truth by your experience. The word of God is our judge. And the scriptures say that God's sheep know, that Jesus' sheep know his voice. Do you know the voice of God? Has he spoken to you? He said three things to me. One, wait upon the Lord. I understood that to mean that I was to take no action I was not to initiate. I was to wait upon the Lord. Even as Moses, sitting on top of Mount Sinai, was to wait upon the Lord, and he waited for one week before God spoke with him. Number two, he said, The Lord will carry you through. In other words, the Lord will be your provision. He will carry you. I understand that in a very practical way. He will carry this radio broadcast. He will carry my personal expenses. He will carry me through the trauma and the war that we are now in and are entering even more deeply into. And then three, for the first time in all of the years that I've been walking with the Lord, and he's been speaking to me. He used my personal name, which was of a great joy to my heart. He said, Ray, enter my rest. He said it as entreaty. Ray, enter my rest. I have cherished these three commands of God to my heart and I have obeyed and continue to obey them. Now, why am I saying this to you? Because many of you who listen to this broadcast listen with intellectual ears. You listen not by the Spirit, but you listen with your own mind, you don't hear the depth of what Jesus is trying to say to you because the devil has blinded us. We need to hear in the Spirit what he has to say to us, either audibly or as we read the Scriptures, as we meditate, as we pray, as you listen to this broadcast. You need to hear in the Spirit what the Lord is saying. Many of you belong at the National Prayer Chapel, and yet you're not here. You know he's called you. You know you've been invited. But for whatever reason, you've not chosen to obey the invitation of the Lord and come. I leave that in the hands of the Lord. I leave you in his hands, but I'm praying for you, especially for those that are being called by the Lord. The devil will put up every block he can. And you're going to have to test carefully the spirits, according to source, that you hear in your mind and other people speak to you. And you're going to have to clearly differentiate between the spirit of darkness and the spirit of light. Now, I want to read for you a portion from a book called Remarkable Incidents and Modern Miracles Through Prayer and Faith by G.C. Bevington. This brother ministered in Ohio, southern Ohio, Cincinnati, during the early part of the 1900s. He was a country man, a simple man, a man of God. He writes, I went to the Cincinnati camp one year, and while there was invited to come down the river to hold a meeting. I don't remember much about the meeting, but a sister there was unable to attend the services. Being confined to her bed, I went to pray for her and soon saw that there was something hindering but couldn't tell just what. I wanted to know if it was the same as is recorded in Daniel 10. So I went to the barn and from there to the woods. She had been healed once before through our prayers in about 48 hours God showed me that she had never testified to the other healing now I want you to listen carefully not to the facts but in the spirit I want you to have an understanding in your spirit of the depth to which Jesus is going in the Spirit in this man's life and how important it is that we regain this intensity of relationship that we could be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. This man goes and he spends 48 hours praying for this woman to find out what are you doing here, God? What do you want done? Because he was only going to obey the command of the Holy Spirit. Most of us would have said a quick prayer and been on our way, and none of the following would have ever happened. God moves when we get solitude with him and begin to speak honestly with him about our powerlessness and ask him to reduce us, to make us smaller. In about 48 hours, God showed me that she had never testified to the other healing, so I went in and reminded her of her negligence. After a pause, she said, Brother Bevington, Who told you that I never testified to it? Whoever did tell you, told you a lie. I said, Sister, you never testified to it here in this Methodist church, where you're well known. Well, no, I never did here, but did once at an open-air meeting at the Cincinnati camp meeting. Yes, I said, twas no trouble there where you were not known. No sacrifice there, no danger of anyone pointing the finger at you there. I said, Sister... You were too big a coward to stand here and tell what God had done for you. And Jesus said, "Whoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the son of man be ashamed." She said, "I would like to know who told you that." I said, "God told me out in the woods." Yes, 'tis true. And Brother Bevington, will you ask God to forgive me? I said, if you can convince God that you will stand here amongst these scoffers and tell it, I presume he will heal you, but you will have to convince him, which may take much. You might easily convince me, but you are not dealing with Bevington on this case. You're dealing with God, the all-seeing Jehovah. God has no use for cowards. So I left her, and I went to the woods. I remained there about 60 hours, then slipped out the back way from the woods and did not go near the house, but went about four miles to hold another meeting. And while she was getting worse all the time, I conducted a 14-day meeting in which several found the Lord and two were healed. She heard where I was and sent for me. I went, and she said, I'm in, a, I'm in a heap of trouble. I've told the Lord I would tell it here in the neighborhood at this church. I said, I think he knows you're lying as you did before and grabbed my hat and I made for the woods. I remained there about four days as I was very desirous that she would get where God could trust her with such a boon as a healing would be to her as she had means and talents that God could use if he could get a hold of her. Now, just so you know... When he talks about going to the woods for four days, he means literally that. No food, just out in the woods praying. Would you pray four days for a sick woman who had lied to God, who'd proven to be a coward? Well, she was dumbfounded, at my actions, and about concluded that there was something radically wrong in my mind. But I was up on the hill under a large oak, pleading with God to wake her up and get her where He wanted her. And God was doing His part. On the fifth afternoon, He said, Go to her at once. And I went. And such a sight as met my eyes, she'd been crying for forty-eight hours. As I knocked at the door, I heard her between sobs say, Come in. As I entered the room, she threw up her hand, saying, Oh, I'm so glad you came, and God has answered prayer. Forgive, oh, forgive me for feeling so hard against you and saying so many hard things about you. Oh, I'm so sorry, as I never knew I was so mean. Well, that was what I spent those hours in the woods for as that proud heart had to be subdued. You see, she'd never had anything more than a meeting house religion. I was fully convinced that sin had never, that she had never received the Holy Spirit. For that a person could lose regeneration and retain sanctification always was a pretty hard thing for me to believe. So I felt that she was an entire backslider. Now oh, I want to be frank with you and then we'll read some more. Many of you listening to this broadcast are total backsliders. There's such pride in your heart. There's such hardness in your heart. You're cowards, you're unwilling to really admit your true condition before God or before anybody else. You're just trying to get through. But in your getting through, if you once had any real faith in Jesus, in your arrogance, you've lost it. And you know that you're not right with God. God. The devil has come in with his movies and his entertainment. The devil has come in with his lies. You think you're fine. But you know you're not. And you're backslidden. Some of you have not backslidden because you just grabbed a hold of some church house religion You've never been converted. You've never been born from above. Many of you have never been born from above. You have no idea what it's like to really weep over your sin and repent and turn from it and be made into a new creature. You've never been crucified with Christ. You've always avoided it. You're uncomfortable even hearing me talk about it. Some of you will quickly disconnect from YouTube and you're gone. You don't want to hear about this stuff. just cry out to God for you. Look, this broadcast is about getting right with Jesus. It's about holiness. It's about living a sanctified life in Jesus, totally sold out and given to him. And many of you have fought weakly, I mean without strength, i mean milk toast you've never gone after jesus this woman she's a backslider because she once knew what it was to know jesus but many of you don't even know what it's like to say i'm without sin before god i'm i'm healed i'm restored i'm walking in the fullness of his presence If I ask you, are you waiting on the Lord? You'd say, what are you talking about, pastor? I don't, I can't afford to wait. I've got to go. I've got a a busy schedule. I've got to go. I've got to go. I've got to go. And so off you go. And the Lord's not carrying you. You're carrying yourself. He's not providing for you. You're providing for yourself and saying, look, I'm good to go. And... Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say Jesus has invited me to enter into his rest, and I have done so, a place where we just stop all the human trauma, judgment, laziness, where a whole heart just settles into Jesus. I said as I opened this broadcast, I have never felt so utterly weak in all of my life in the natural. I'm not weak in my commitment to Jesus. I am resting in him. And my weakness has only caused me to to rest more firmly in him. Now, I know the day is coming when that power of God is going to enter And he's going to do a great work of revival in this land. It's a good thing to know when you're weak. Makes you to trust more in Jesus. Some of you discover you're weak and that causes you to just complain and moan and groan and whine. Well, stop it. That's a coward's way out. So I felt that she was, reading again, an entire backslider, but did not consider it wise then to inform her. She had just said, Brother Bevington, I've lost my sanctification, for I had been sanctified. Had I been sanctified, I would never have felt toward you as I did. Now in such cases is where wisdom is needed, so... I'm quite sure that if I had said, Now, sister, you're a backslider, she would never have have accepted it. So I went to the woods and pleaded with God to tell her that she was a backslider, as he seems better capacitated for these emergencies than we. I spent five hours in the barn after coming down from the hill and cried, O God, don't let her be deceived. That was the prayer I was praying this morning for you and for different people as I recognize the deception of the devil, the veil of the devil that has come down over their eyes so they cannot see their true condition before God. that five hours of struggling in the barn caused the x-ray to be turned. And she said, Brother Bevington, I am sure you will be very much surprised at what I'm going to relate, but I feel that I must tell you, I am an entire backslider. So don't pray any more for me to be sanctified, but pray that I may be reclaimed. So it is to be seen that perhaps nine times out of ten, We make an awful failure of work for which God is so much more qualified than we. In three hours, she was blessedly reclaimed and was so happy and said, Why, brother, I wonder if I didn't get sanctified when I got reclaimed here. I feel so happy. I said, Did you ever see anyone that was sanctified at the same time he was regenerated? Well, but I'm so very happy, I said. You ought to be happy. A woman that is mean enough to slam the door in the face of a good friend like Jesus, to treat him as you have treated him, and have him tenderly forgive you for that treatment, and throw his loving arms around you and restore your former joy, ought to be a very happy person indeed. She said, I guess you're about right. And now can we pray for my healing? Hmm. The book says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Have you his own righteousness now, being only a regenerated woman? Well, I guess not. What must I do? I said, Don't you want to be sanctified? Certainly I do. Well, why not pray for sanctification? Well, I thought that after I was healed, I could pray through better and get sanctified. Well, you settle that squarely with the word. I grabbed my hat and started out. It had now been seven days since I'd had anything to eat. I went into the kitchen and told her daughter I was hungry. She put together a nice dinner, and I ate heartily. They had a little girl about seven who saw me in the kitchen. She went into her mother's room telling her what I had said about a little girl in Cincinnati. The mother said, tell him to come in here. And she didn't know what had become of me. She said, I have no more trouble. I have no more terrible feeling about you. And do you believe that Jesus will heal me? I said, He may after you get the Holy Spirit. I've run into this so many times. A man calls me and says, Pastor, will you pray for my healing? Yes. And I prayed for his healing and instantly God healed him. Of gonorrhea. He was totally healed. And then he said, Now, will you pray for me at my job that I could make money? I said, Don't you think you need to be sanctified? What are you talking about, Pastor? Don't you think, now that you've been healed, you need to be made into a new man? And then you need to be sanctified. You haven't been born again. You're a pagan. Oh, 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 Pastor. Yes, you. I'm still... In a battle with this man spiritually, he is now reclaimed, born from above. He's not been made holy yet. Oh, pastor, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. She said, would you pray for Jesus to heal me now? He may after you get the Holy Spirit. Well, she drew a long, deep sigh and finally said, Well, I want the Holy Spirit all right. So I went to prayer. It was then about 4 p.m. I remained there four nights and three days, holding on to God for her to die out. Neither of us ate a mouthful during this examination. God answered, as she seemed to be about the deadest living person I had seen for some time. Her husband was an unsaved man, but a firm believer in entire holiness, and he encouraged me all the time. He was also a staunch advocate of divine healing, as he told me several times that if we could get her where God could have his way, he would heal her. So on this fourth morning, She suddenly bounded out of bed. No one but the daughter was up, and the mother was shouting, Sanctified and healed. I said, Oh, I have the real thing this time. I saw her twice after that and saw that she was an entirely different person. Well, the husband wanted me to stay one more day, so I went to the barn as I was somewhat fatigued. And there I pleaded for him. I came down at 3.30 p.m. and he was in one of the stalls in the cow barn praying like a serious man. That was what I had been pulling for during those several weeks of these strange actions. But they all counted and that night about 10.30 he got through. We've heard him on the platform at the Cincinnati camp give unmistakable evidence of having just what he'd been an advocate for some time. So listen Is there anything too hard for God? Can't we afford to be misunderstood and talked about and lied about and misrepresented and often ostracized if, in so doing, God can bring the people to themselves? It isn't necessary for us to understand all the whys and wherefores, but it is our business to mind God. Well, I was not perfectly satisfied as to the all-around state of this woman, but just minded him at times when on certain revelations that were given, removing all doubt up to the present, and as he so revealed up to that time why, of course, I could trust him for further evidence and developments, and he brought out all those facts just as twas necessary. So God seldom tells us his whole plan relative to certain persons whom He has specifically delegated us to work with. He wants us to go through, but one step at a time. God had had this woman's entire sanctification and her healing, and the salvation and sanctification of her husband, all in view, mapped and marked out, now he had to have someone who would follow him to bring forth some very unreasonable things from a human viewpoint in order to accomplish his desires. Well, he saw that Bevington could be trusted with this important work, So he assigned it to me, taking in round numbers, about seven weeks to do it. Most of the time was in seclusion in the woods or the haymow. That is when God accomplishes his greatest feats, when he can get us into seclusion. Well, this is from the book by G.C. Bevington, Remarkable Incidents and Modern Miracles Through Prayer and Faith. Guess what I want to say to you is this kind of praying and this kind of honesty and seriousness about our condition before God are just not heard of today. First, nobody prays like this. And second, nobody believes that you have to pray through. What do I mean, pray through? I mean, get on your face before God and absolutely pray through Romans 6. Utterly surrender to the Holy Spirit and every issue being brought before God of the wickedness of my own heart. Every Every holdout be brought before the throne of God, confessed, renounced, and dealt with. You see, God has one purpose, but we have another purpose. We want to be healed. We want to be happy. We want a job. We want a wife. We want a husband. We want, we want, we want. We're full of our own ideas. We're full of our own opinions. We're full of what we think is right and wrong. All of that leaves God unimpressed and distant from our hearts. We're going to have to learn how to pray through. It's going to take time. We're going to have to learn how to get in seclusion before God and shut out the television and shut out the internet and shut out the cell phone. Turn it off. We're going to have to learn how to get alone with God. The devil is now bringing forth the infrastructure for the Antichrist. And this AI that's going to cooperate is being invented even now as I speak. Much of it already be in place. Our wicked president is already planning to introduce a digital currency that will eventually become a prison for America, where every every dollar spent is traced by the federal government a social grid being put in place. You either do what they say or you lose the money in your bank. They control everything. That social grid is being put in place. Many praise China with their social networks and their grading systems. All of that is coming to America like a freight train. Russia this morning speaking about the next great increase in the war between Ukraine and Russia, including NATO and the United States and the Western world. They're just saying, look, we can't fight the whole Western world and win. We don't have the resources. That's why we have atomic bombs. So some of their top leaders are saying, look, we better hit London with an atomic bomb. We better hit New York City. We better hit Washington, D.C. It's almost as though America doesn't want to live any longer. And it's as though we are pushing... ...an atomic weapon being fired at us. A nuclear bomb that will kill millions of people. Millions of people. Perhaps you and me. I look at what's happening and it's very clear... No reasonable human person would be pushing Russia like America is. It is because there is a demonic presence in our White House and in our Congress, in our court systems. We have been taken over by the demonic. We are going to see death and mayhem on every side. Because the devil is in charge of the earth and the Antichrist is coming in power. And the way is now being prepared for Antichrist to bring forth the mark of the beast with his digital currency. I'm not saying the digital currency is the mark of the beast. No, there will be required an absolute statement of loyalty to the antichrist for those who receive the mark but i am saying to you that we as a christian church are entirely unprepared to meet the devastation and the demonic power that is now being poured out in america churches are tumbling like pickup sticks adopting every vile thing totally given over to the powers of darkness I think it's time to leave the American church as we know it with its labels and it's time to go to places where there is holiness, where there is true prayer and confession of sin and praying through to victory And repenting of our sins, and being washed and made clean by the blood of Jesus. These words mean something. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? These words are not just pretty words. Being washed clean by the blood literally means being scrubbed by the blood of Jesus so that no rebellion or wickedness remains in our hearts. We are cleared. I spoke recently about this wonderful gift of being washed clean and being able to walk with even, as Romans 6 says, the old man of sin having been totally destroyed in our hearts. And one man spoke up and said, but pastor, it says in this scripture and in this scripture, not naming them, that we can never live without that man of sin in us well what had he done he had just stripped the gospel of its power by his false intellectual understanding we have to check the source of what people say and they may not intend to speak out of darkness but if that's what's in their soul they will speak out of darkness We've come to a time when there must be a change in the body of Christ in America. And there must be a turning aside from decorating the church for Christmas and having our rituals. It's time to get serious with Jesus. And literally... Pray through to victory over all sin and over all wickedness, over all evil, and find a place in Jesus Christ where we have the authority and the power to deal with the onslaught of the devil as he comes with his minions to destroy us. Do you understand? There's no one who's going to survive this if they are not found totally in Jesus Christ. In his rest, allowing him to carry them, waiting upon the Lord. If that's not your condition today, how do you think you're going to survive? You're not going to. You're going to be swept away in the evil tide that is now coming and sweeping away America. America is is gone it's not going to come back we're not going into some prosperity time where everything is going to be wonderful again we're facing revelation 18 the fall of babylon we're facing the horses of the apocalypse having been released When will you decide to finally get serious about being converted and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, I tell you, if you don't make that decision, you're going to be swept away. You have to decide who you, whose side you stand on. And you cannot stand in the middle. You must make a decision about who you serve. And you either serve our culture and the devil, or you're going to serve Jesus Christ. And you're going to have to have your sins washed away. Lord, I come today pleading your blood over every person who is listening or will listen to this broadcast. Lord, would you turn on the x-ray machine on their hearts and on their life and reveal to them the true condition of their heart and of their life before you for how you see them. Lord, thank you. I pray in your name. Amen. I'm Pastor Ray from National Prayer Chapel. Many of you belong here at the Prayer Chapel, and you're not here yet. I'm praying that God will move in your hearts quickly to bring you to where you know you belong. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and there you'll find where we meet as a small house church. We're serious about Jesus. Now, you can also give online. It's the end of December, and I need to hear from you. I trust in Jesus to provide for us, but he does it through people who care and who will respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Chris, thank you. Dirk, thank you. Thank you, each one who has been already giving. go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you'll find there the YouTube videos, the podcasts, and you will find a place where you can give online. I pray that today's message has been helpful to you, that you will take some time today to get by yourself, No radio, no television, no internet, no cell phone. Just get by yourself, no people. And ask Jesus to turn the x-ray machine on your heart and show you your real condition before him. And if you're a backslider, acknowledge it. If you've never been born from above and you walk in the wickedness of your heart, in the pride of your life, in the lust of your flesh then ask God what he wants to do about that in your life if you need to be prayed for about it come to the prayer chapel we'll pray for you now Now I have to tell you
1: to keep you
0: from I love you with all my heart. I want you to be saved in Jesus Christ. I want you to be filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to be revived. I want you to enter into the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Now unto him was able to keep you from falling and to present you blame. For the presence of
0: His glory